But now, O Lord, the words of my mouth, the meditation of each one of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our God, you are our strength, our Redeemer, and our Mediator. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. My wife and I have been warmly welcomed, if you think snow is warm. I don't think, in saying the truth, that we have been in snow um, in 35 years. So it has been a real treat, and thank you all very much. (laughs) I want to share with you this morning something about the gospel in a way that may come at it from a different perspective. This is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Let it be so now, for it is proper for us to do this and to fulfill all righteousness. There is a sense here that I, I thought of when I remembered a gift that my wife had given me uh, a number of years ago, and she had given me one again this Christmas. And this Christmas, I opened it up, and there was one of these calendars, um, these calendars that um, ha- marked the days by days um, with a little saying or a word defined or something like that. And it was, it was quite remarkable because one of the words um, that was being used on this weekend is one that I first heard when I was up at Yale uh, visiting some students. And one of them said, um, this is in, is in the uh, seminary, one of them said, um, well, this is really FOMO and I don't like it. F-O-M-O. And I turned to this person who was with me and said, what does that mean? And he said, it, it means they don't like it because they're afraid they're going to miss something. FOMO. And I thought, miss something? FOMO. Found out later, fear of missing out. Now, perhaps many of you know that. So, but if you do or don't, you can add it to your vocabulary. FOMO, the fear of missing out. That's the problem the disciples had. They had the fear of missing out in the proclamation with Jesus. Who is this Jesus? Who is being called to follow Jesus? John the Baptist says to him, I, I'm, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. And, and Jesus says, well, we'll settle that later, won't we? And I often wonder on those unspoken parts of the scripture, did Jesus ever baptize John? I suppose it's one of those questions that will only be answered when I enter into the fullness of God's glory and all those questions will be answered. But it seems to me that one of the things that has happened to the church, to to Christians, specifically, is unfortunate. The contemporary church life is often a separation between 
those concerned with a personal spirituality of life and a sense of renewal, and those involved with justice and peace issues. I, I find that distressing because it seems to me that they really go together. I couldn't do the kinds of work that I have done, not only as a bishop, but as a parish priest, if I couldn't integrate those and allow them each to feed the other rather than having a sense of bifurcation. It's, it's an unfair aspect when we, when we try to make those straws um, not uh, a sense of division, but a sense of pulling us together. We don't choose between love and justice. Jesus certainly never chose between love and justice. He loved those even that persecuted him and forgave them. How is it that we are challenged through the, through the life and ministry and work of Jesus and in our own baptismal covenant? What does the covenant draw us to if it's not to talk about that sense of who Jesus is and who we are as Jesus' disciples in this age. We join with Jesus in his death and his resurrection and deepening the grasp of the Spirit's work, seeking to overcome the estrangement and despair that we often encounter. These are deep questions, dear friend, and we don't always have the fullness of the answers to them. How, how do we do these? But if we don't grapple with those, if we don't struggle with those, if we don't, if we don't ask how do others seek these, I think we do ourselves a real disfavor. And we end up in that sense of, of FOMO, fear of missing out. That's not what Jesus wants us to be doing. It's in the healing of all those aspects that separate us from God and from one another in Jesus Christ that we should be fearful. A friend of mine who lives north of Albuquerque um, is a translator. She translates works uh, uh, out of Spanish and um, translates them into English. Her name is uh, Mirabai Starr. And she's written numerous books on how her inner life's journey in translating uh, has caused her to this deeper spirituality. But one of the, one of the books that she translated was the life of St. Teresa of Avila. Now, I, in honesty, I think the way that I came to thinking about St. Teresa was the fact that the plunging into water of, of Jesus and the plunging into water in baptism also um, features in St. Teresa of Avila. On her way, she was a, a, a monastic. She was, she was in a monastery. She actually headed the monastery. 
um, a convent, and on her way to deliver a baby with other nuns, she had to cross a raging river. And it was cold. And it was in, in, in a time of the year where it was very cold. And the saddle on her horse slipped. And she went upright and down under the horse. She came up in the river, sputtering, coughing, cold, and she called out, Jesus, my Savior, save me now. I am suffering and near drowning. And she she encapsulates this in the book of her memoirs. And then she says, I heard Jesus' reply. My dear Teresa, stop worrying. I see your plight. You must remember that I let all those whom I call my friends suffer now and then for their own good. And Teresa wrote that she was wet, she was cold, and she was gulping, and she shot back this. Lord, no wonder you have so few friends. (laughs) I love that. The honesty in speaking to God. How often when we speak to God, we think God wants us to be just nice. Oh, I hate that word. Nice. God wants us to be authentic ourselves as we were created to become. And it's that struggle, it's that struggle to which you and I are called. It's not an easy struggle at times. It's a struggle that often leaves us hanging out there, if you will. And sometimes, sometimes it alienates us from others. When I was a young uh, student in, in, in middle school, I believe, um, we had to learn poetry, um, and one of the poems that we had to memorize was Edwin Muir's poem. And it was the poem that I always put a circle and a dot in the center. And it was about the drawing of the circle and the exclusion. And in the exclusion, the other was able to take the dot out. He drew a circle to shut me out. Heretic, rebel, a thing to flout. But love, love and I, we had the wit to win. For we drew a bigger circle and took him in. Our charge, dear friends, is to bring all within the reach of Christ's saving embrace. And may that challenge us, may that comfort us, and may that enable us in the ministries we share. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.